even though we love to program all day in C-sharp and F-sharp, sometimes you have to adventure into the great unknown when you want to get things done. On this week's show, we explore brand new services, features, and explore unknown languages to ship brand new apps. All that and more on this week's Merge Conflict. Happy 2017, Frank. Oh, happy 2017, James. We made it. Somehow we made it through 2016. We made it. We did it. It is January 2nd when this episode comes out, and it's a new year. It's feeling great uh, already. I'm super excited for this year, uh, and I'm actually kind of excited because last episode, I hope everyone goes back, we talked about our holiday hacks, which actually brought us to a lot of different you know, interesting things that we were doing over the holidays with hardware and software and crazy things. We wanted to hear from everyone, and we'll kind of catch up on that um, in, in future episodes and kind of give a recap. But during this time, and even leading up to when I started the holiday hacks, something interesting happened to me, Frank. Yes. What? And uh, well, what happened is I started to have a bunch of apps that I needed to update And then when I needed to update those apps, I kind of said, what if I just redo all my backend services and I decided to do all my backend services in languages that I don't know? Like, I'm just like, I don't, I just, okay. So you're like, um, I have to update my app because of some reason what the operating system probably moved and it outdated you or something like that. And you said, Mm -hmm. well, since I'm going to have a really tough little job to do here, I'm going to make it exponentially harder. And what learn new languages? What, what happened? What to tell me more about the server? Well, that was the idea. So I was, I've been using Azure mobile apps, you know, me and my Azure backends for a long time. And I've been running ASP.NET backends. And listen, I'm not a web developer, so I know nothing <laughs> about the internet. But I do know that ASP.NET means I can write C Sharp. But the problem hmm. there is that there's a lot of overhead for me if it's a really simple application with Entity Framework. And we talked about the ORM episode and all this yeah. stuff. I just want something simple. So I said, mm-hmm. what if I just do a Node.js backend? And I'll- <laughs> ah, ah, you went down the JavaScript path. Yes, this is very fun. I, I've put up my own Node.js servers, too. How can you not? You're like, well, I, I bothered to learn this language to write websites. Well, how hard could it be? Let's try to write a server in it, too. Exactly. And, and, and my thought process here was that, man, this application is so simple. Like, it's a list of stores. Uh, and this is like my store manager app. And I, I created an app for my brother uh, a while ago. And the only thing that the server really needs to do is when it gets some feedback is to send an email via SendGrid. So I go... I do. I can. I can handle that. Like that seems something <laughs> like I should be able to do. And it actually took me longer to write that backend piece than the rest of the entire application combined. And it was an interesting experience. And and then I told you this story earlier before we decided to pick like what we were going to talk about in this episode. And I think you have been doing something very yeah. similar as well. <laughs> Well, we we just noticed that uh, we're we're both playing in this playground of languages we don't normally use. James and I are both .NET programmers. Uh, I use C Sharp and F Sharp. He uses C Sharp. Generally speaking, you try to stick with one language because, you know, it's it's just a lot of work getting your skill completely up in a variety of languages. It takes long enough in just one. Yeah. So we found ourselves both programming in languages that we know, JavaScript, that's not too bad, but mm-hmm. that you really don't know because we made the joke that uh, I was Googling every other word, like, uh, how do you add two numbers? Uh, PHP, how do you print? PHP, how do you create a function? PHP, what's an array? I felt like I was a beginning programmer all over again. 
Yeah, and when you're when you're in this crunch where you're just like coding, 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 I mean, we had done a whole episode way back when about how we go about learning new languages. And that's like when we're having fun, like I want to go learn F sharp. Okay, so how do I even approach that? But this is me like, I got two hours. I need to do this now. <laughs> I have a Raspberry Pi. All it has is Python. I'm going to code in Python. Here we go. How yeah. hard could it be? Yeah. And it's like, I'm working on a project. I'm not going to go read a book or go read documentation. No. I'm just going to go. I don't want to learn the language. I just want to get the thing to work. That's all I want. I want to print some HTML. Exactly. That is a clear differentiator of, yeah, I don't want to learn the... I don't want to learn JavaScript. I just need to get something done and slap some code in there and make sure that it works. I'm a programmer. I understand functions. Just show me how to write a function. Show me how to print to the console and yeah. I'll get it done. Show me so how to make a web case. request. That's it. Just, how do I make a web request? That, that should be like the intro to every, how do you make a web request? Because How, you how do, do encode a JSON object? How to make the web request? How to decode oh. the JSON object? In every language, we just need a Rosetta Stone of those three operations. And you're like, from there, build the machine. You know, <laughs> distributed computation, you can do everything. Just You just need those three lines. This is a great website idea, by the way. If any of our listeners want to go create <laughs> this uh, website of how to do the same thing in each language, because that'd be awesome. I mean, and that's a really great great thing like json encoding decoding and then send a post or a get like with yeah. with and that's it and then read that json back yeah that's all you really need that's all you need million dollar <laughs> idea frank why don't we even <laughs> I'm, I'm just laughing because uh part of my project was programming a raspberry pi and i mentioned i did it in python but mm-hmm. even that had to encode a json object post it to a server get the response back and change its own variables it's like how can you write software without those three operations anymore yeah and that's what I found myself doing in this in this instance, too, because, um, you know, when I'm learning a normal API, I, I am inside of C Sharp all day. And, and to the fact that I've been doing iOS and Android for so long that I can now take Java or Objective-C or Swift and convert it to C Sharp in my mind, like because mm-hmm. in the world of Xamarin, those APIs are the same. And yeah. we have the C Sharpification, if you will, of those. So, OK, this is going to be an async method or this is going to be right. strongly typed. But yes. So, so you're learning the library. You know the library. The, the, the names change a tiny bit, but you, you know it because you've dealt with it. Yeah. But whereas. <laughs> whereas when I'm like, I want to go make a... Some people might be saying, James, like, oh, it's, it's pretty easy to make a post request in, in, in uh, JavaScript. Well, like, which library do I use? Like, yeah. like do, make sure... How do you bring in a namespace? Like, I don't know. I usually just copy some JavaScript from the web. And then how do you, yeah, how do you use JSON? Like I want JSON and I want XML. I want to send this across the wire. And uh, when you stack overflow looking for stuff, there's like a thousand different ways to do it. Because especially in the world oh, of yeah. JavaScript, things move fast and crazy. And there's a thousand things. It's so, all about packages. The same thing happens in the Python world. It's all about packages. Like I'm like, I want to make a web request. So there's a library called URL lib. So I Google for URL lib. Well, there's also URL lib too. You know, like, oh, Okay, well, which one do I use? For some things, you use URL lib. For other things, you use URL lib too. So you're just like, okay, I'll just keep Googling, keep finding out what to put here. Yeah, and and when I was doing this, I, I basically did the same exact thing. And I was doing all my JavaScript like as a new server, so no one else was using it but me. So what I did is, this is terrible practice, Don't no, no one not recommended from James, is I also have no idea how to debug JavaScript. This is our anti-patterns episode. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea how to debug JavaScript locally, nor do I want to figure it out. But I do have a server that is running where I can write JavaScript, turn on logs, and then attempt to use it. And that's how I debugged this puppy, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. 
I wrote all my PHP code. I felt like if I was using a 90s language, I should do it like the 90s. I was doing live <laughs> editing right on the server. I would change a line of code, hit refresh in the browser, do a proper full web request across the internet. Yeah, it's, you know, honestly, in a lot of ways, it's liberating. It feels really good. You know me, I'm always like begging for like instantaneous feedback while you're writing something. Yeah. So I got that. I mean, I was continuously breaking my website, so you could never do this in production. But during development for these little hack projects, at least you can learn the language quickly enough. Yeah, it was fun. And, and you know, I have a lot of friends that are JavaScript developers. So this is what I did. All right. So my process was, all right, I kind of know, can I go find something that's trying to do this similarly? And let me tell you about the mm -hmm. setup. Because remember that I said that my old web <laughs> server was ASP.NET. And the only thing it was doing was had the SendGrid NuGet and it was sending an email when I got some feedback. Okay. So I said, I don't really want to write all of that code in JavaScript because that seems like a lot and I don't want to maintain mm -hmm. it. I said, what if I can mm -hmm. use an Azure function? to do this oh okay because so an azure function is literally just like a function or it's a library what do you do it's a script file a c sharp oh, got it c sharp f sharp javascript any kind of script the mm -hmm. powershell doesn't matter it takes anything and you can have like inputs and outputs so you can have things going in which is kind of the trigger and then an output and they support send grid and i was like this is great because i can have an input be some json from the server and then could you give us uh, one liner on what SendGrid is real quick oh sure so SendGrid is a service it's a SaaS, i guess software as a service okay um they do one thing uh well they probably do multiple things don't um they do two things <laughs> yeah two things they do email that's what SendGrid does okay so SendGrid allows you think they're like twilio but for emails Roger. Where Twilio sends SMS and text messages and MMSs and things like that and phone calls. They let you send emails. So I say, send this email to Frank and I don't have to worry about an SMTP server. I don't have to worry about anything. Like it Very just yeah. API send. Love it. Yeah. And they have a free tier, at least if you're using Azure and you can send like 40,000 emails a month for free. So it's pretty nice. nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good, good PSA. Thank yeah. you. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Now I should probably reach out to them for sponsorship. But you know, uh, <laughs> cool. I've been using it for a while just for very simple things like this. Um, so I have my Azure function set up. So I'm like, I'm going to do the C sharp side first because I can do the Azure function in C sharp. I never have to mm -hmm. touch JavaScript there at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I can do a Postman. Uh, if you don't know what Postman is, a little you know, utility for Mac or PC that you can do posts and gets and stuff like that. It's really nice. Oh. And uh, Postman's phenomenal. I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you. <laughs> it's a free tool. Um, I use it for everything. And you can save all your queries too. So you can have like these nice dictionaries of mm -hmm. this is my app. And these are all of my predefined gets and posts and patches. Oh, wow. It's amazing. It. Yeah. I use it for all my demos. Um, so then I'm like, okay, I can test it from a browser. My C sharp side works and that's Azure functions. We're not talking about Azure functions, but that's what I want to hit, right? <laughs> I want to mimic whatever postman is doing, but in some JavaScript. Okay. So, let me rewind then. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have a JavaScript server out there that needs Check. to accomplish sending of the email, but you do not want to call the SendGrid API from JavaScript because, oh my God, it's JavaScript. You're, you you yeah. just don't want to deal with it. You don't want to maintain it, whatever. So instead the JavaScript is posting to a function mm -hmm. and the function's written in C sharp. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the C sharp calls out to SendGrid. Exactly. House of cards. Love it. House Perfect hack. <laughs> yes. yes. 
Exactly. So I'm going to do this hack. And then what's nice is that I could always update that function to do other stuff later or easy. So um, one time I had to do this for the Evolve conference application. um, The fact keeps coming back. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, this application, I had to do a lot of things. And the back end code, I had to somehow figure out how to send a, a post to essentially send push notifications and man, let me find this thing. Where is it at? It's inside of, uh, I was using so one the, of those. If you don't know, post notifications, uh, it requires that you have a server. The server needs to be encrypted with SSL certificates, all that nice stuff. And it needs to have a little chit-chatty conversation with Apple servers. So it's not the most pleasant code to write. So you really want to, I don't know. What did you do? Well, so I use Azure notification hubs. Right. And all I needed to do is I needed to create a web page and that web page that anyone could enter like what they want the, the uh, notification to be sent to um, or the text they wanted. And then that would do an HTTP post to my actual ASP.NET website. So again, I don't know how to make websites and it was like default controls. <laughs> but anyways, I used back in the day XML HTTP request, which is old school. Yeah, that that sounds new school. Come on, what year um, is it? It's 2017. That's fine. <laughs> I think that's. I think it's going away and it's being deprecated. Oh, so I no. said, okay, I'm going to use. Um, I found some code. And I said, how to make a J a Node.js. This is what I did. I googled it. Yeah. I just Google everything, right? Yeah. And I found okay, use JSON.stringify. I've done that before. That'll take an object and stringify <laughs> yeah. it, which is like JSON convert. Like I'm trying to like map yeah. in my head. Right. That's what I do. I'm like, all right, what is this library in C sharp equal? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I create like this HTTP, a client request. I set up the post. And after about an hour of figuring out, I had either the ports wrong or I added HTTP oh, sure. for the host name. I got it working. Oh, it must have felt like such a miracle, especially when you don't have a debugger or anything, especially when you're using funny languages served in a funny way. You know, you're not in your comfortable IDE. Yes. But Terrible. here's how I got there. To get it <laughs> okay. to work is my good friend Luke Carey's mastermind of the interweb. Um, I sent him a gist on GitHub, which is just like a little secret code file that you can send around. Same one I sent to you. And I go, is this correct? Because it's not working. And then I also <laughs> sent it to everyone on the Azure team and I go, hey, you know, <laughs> is, I this right? <laughs> is this right? Is this right? Is this right? Could someone, could someone help, please? <laughs> help me. Help me. <laughs> so why didn't you post a Stack Overflow? We were, we were just talking about how we're using it constantly. Well, I copied and pasted the code from Stack Overflow. Oh, so you're like, I, I need a second opinion, please. <laughs> exactly. And, and then everyone said, that looks good. So eventually I got it working. And my mistake was that I didn't really read things because I was slapping yeah. code. Words. Yeah. Words. I so I put on HTTP the, user, the, the website for the host name. But that <laughs> yeah. will fail in the DNS lookup. So you have to remove that part. And so that got it working. Oh, yeah. They didn't want a URL. They just wanted a host name. Exactly. Gotcha. And literally, the parameter name is host name, but I'm an idiot. No, so. <laughs> no I mean, they should also auto strip the schema part. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah, exactly. A library should do that. But oh, then wait. here's what I found. Are you <laughs> okay. ready for this? I'm just so excited know. about this because what then happened is my, my JavaScripty friends got back to me. And they go, have you heard about this other library? And I go, what other library? This is what happens in the JavaScript world. It's all just these back alley. Hey, hey, I got something for you. 
got something. Because I, I told I told Fabio from the Azure Functions team, he was helping me. I go, I'm going to blog about this later. And he goes, oh, what do you, you know, he's like, don't use that one then. Use the, <laughs> use this use this new cool thing. All the cool kids, you'll look like a it's cool JavaScript dev. <laughs> yeah, it would be like I'm not using link where I should use link or I'm not using async await. You know, it's like this is what the yeah. cool kids use. Use that string, C-sharp string, uh, string interpolation, you know. Um, so it's called a request. And I, and I sent you the source code. And mm-hmm. I'll put it in the show notes. But I'm a little bit jealous of JavaScript in this one line of code. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> so all you do is you bring in the using statement, which is like require whatever request. And then you say request.post, you pass in the URL, you pass in the item and tell them that that needs to be converted to JSON. In one line of code, it does a post asynchronously to the server automatically. Okay. Done. A, I want to say I'm impressed. It's a very beautiful line of code. Mm -hmm. B, I want to inform the audience. This one line of code is basically three lines of code in any kind of normal language. So anyone can write this function that (laughs) emulates these three lines of code and upload it as a NuGet, whatever. But I think the point here is that uh, the JavaScript community cares so much about APIs that they were willing to write a whole package to just give you that one beautiful line of code. Yes. I mean, technically, if you look, I, I did a side-by-side analysis, and I'll, maybe I'll put, I'll put this gist in the show notes. But uh, if you okay, actually... Okay, it wasn't three lines. You're right. No, no, no it was. Because if you look <laughs> at my, I do a body, and I say json.stringify, and then I create the request, and then I say request.end. And technically, it's three lines of code, but they put it <laughs> at one line of code. And I was like, what? This looks so good. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. and that's how I was learning but, this. So I was learning by by just spamming all my friends that's how I oh no at least you did that that way i gotta tell you my story i was trying to generate a json packet because i was uh outputting something from php and i did not know the function to convert a php object into json i didn't even really know how to create a php object i knew how to use numbers and variables pretty well but like i couldn't figure out dictionaries and arrays oh my god i just gave up on arrays so i'm having trouble with php so what do i do i start to write like uh the worst printf style like how to output json like print curly brace for loop print you know quotation mark name quotation mark colon value just every line of code you need to generate the json it was just ugly and terrible but it was all i knew how to do and so that's what i did and it worked yeah maybe oh it worked it worked wonderfully it was just a pain in the butt anytime you wanted to change anything because you had to do all the formatting and all that stuff and of course eventually i found this function called json encode and so you just <laughs> pass any object to this function called JSON encode, and it just does all that for you. And that's the thing, but right? You, it takes time. How are you going to find that function? Like, it doesn't just come to you. Like, the machine, like, Clippy doesn't pop up. It looks like you're trying to make a JSON object here. This would be, um, again, amazing idea, right? Just like, hey, it looks like you got some JSON. It looks like, you probably <laughs> looks like, like you're doing it the wrong way there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I want to learn more about what you've been doing because you you sent me the webpage and stuff that you were working on and the code behind. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. But <laughs> we looked at some code and I want to discuss that code and, and learn more and tell the people what you're working on. I want to take a quick break here and, and talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Are you ready awesome. for this, Frank? I'm so excited. Um, so if you've been following my adventure of using Raygun from last episode to this episode, I have now integrated Raygun into three applications. Um, I am blown away. Um, 
Raygun is our sponsor and they're amazing. They're essentially everything that developers need for crash reporting, first and foremost, to help you detect and diagnose your software, but they also do real user monitoring to essentially find and fix performance issues. It's not like creepy user data tracking, mm -hmm. like every event that they're doing. It's like network calls. It's like the device information and, and how long things are taking. You can use either or, right? And I love their motto, which is why I kind of like tacked on and, and try to use all their products is their motto is to spend more time building great software and less time fighting it, right? Just like I'm fighting JavaScript right now, I'm not fighting integrating and finding crashes because one line of code and it handles everything for you. You can go further from there, but crash reporting and this pulse that they call it is, in, is, is actually in the same line of code. Like you just say, attach crash reporting, attach pulse, and like, that's it to your API key. Their APIs and their SDKs are for everything. iOS, Android, Xamarin, web, JavaScript, ASP.NET, you name it, they have it. it it's absolutely bananas. Uh, I love it. I, I am, Frank, I'm blown away. I, I can't lie, <laughs> like it's so good. <laughs> Um, and, and I know you love it because you won't, that's all you want to talk about. Anytime we get together, you're just like, Hey, I got to tell you about this thing I did on Raygun. It's so good. You can tie it up to your GitHub, to Slack, Zendesk, VSTS, Fogbugs. I have all these integrations. I'm telling you, everyone go try it. They have a free full 30 day trial to put into your applications. It's well worth it. Um, check, check them out. Find out more information. Raygun.com slash merge raygun.com slash merge conflict help us out um, and check out raygun i love them frank you know you're gonna keep every single week you're gonna hear more and more and more i'm about to have all my apps go live now after a week i'm sold i'm in 100 percent. and i love can't them. wait to have it in my own apps yes well thank you thank you raygun check them out raygun.com slash merge conflict thank you raygun thanks raygun um so this app that you're learning this Python. You have Python <laughs> and PHP. Yeah. Do you know Python or PHP? Uh, yeah, actually, okay. So Python is actually one of my favorite um, kind of secondary languages. You know how, like, I was saying, we, we program in C Sharp for the most part. But um, mm -hmm. Python was always my, if I was on a Linux machine or something and I needed to do something, Python was my go-to because I thought, it's like C Sharp. You just take away all the curly braces. You take away the semicolons. Otherwise, it's pretty much kind of the same language. It's object-oriented. It's variables. It's easy to use. So I like Python. So <laughs> when I had to, um, I'm, I'm working on the Plant Water 8000 this is my 8, <laughs> yeah. This is my goal to uh, keep plants alive while not flooding my apartment. It's dual purpose. Dual purpose, yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I decided to do the Raspberry Pi part in Python mostly just because that seems to be the most code examples on Stack Overflow, and this was a real rush job. I didn't want to, um, you know, have to deal with writing my own drivers for anything or you know i didn't want anything to be hard <laughs> i just wanted pre-written packages and just paste all the pre-written packages together so that's how it ended up being python i like that yeah i've never looked at it i've had a lot of friends that were new to coding and development mm -hmm. and a lot of them took a look at a lot of different languages maybe they're yeah. more like web-based and they picked python first because it was like readable they said yeah, it's it's a really good language. I think, uh, you know, uh, what's the old story? MIT used to teach Scheme. It's a Lisp-based language, but then they switched to teaching Python as the introductory course. I don't know if that's current. Please correct me. But at, at some point, you know, the professors at MIT, you know, very smart people with very specific tastes said, yeah, this is a good looking language. This is a great language to start programming in. 
I like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I took a look at some of your code and and I think well, it might have been the PHP. I think the Python like relatively straightforward. But the, the PHP P- is yeah. insane because I'm also from PHP. I'm generating JavaScript also. <laughs> so I'm doing some JavaScript metaprogramming through PHP. And that's all just because I wanted to put some charts on the website. And Google has a nice charting service out there. Actually, it's really cool because the old Google charts, the one I intended to use was uh, you build up this URL and it would hit Google servers and they would generate an image of a chart for you. Have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah, I have seen those, yeah. Yeah, but the current version, it's actually all local. So it's just JavaScript, and you feed it the data, and it'll generate an SVG graph that's actually semi-interactive. It's not very interactive, but a little bit interactive. And it does it all locally, so you're not sending your data up to Google or anything. So a real easy way to put graphs onto your website is to use this. Well, it's super nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you love, one, you love SVG, and two, (laughs) you love charts and graphs. You love charts and graphs. I do. I do. Oh, and it kills me because um, this library is really good. I'll give it a a solid B+. But, like, uh, I... B, B, B plus. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm kind of a jerk. But <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a snob when it comes to charts. My favorite chart is the one that I wrote for Kelka. And I just wish that this chart worked the way Kelka's chart worked. Uh, okay, gotcha. So yeah, part of me wants to rewrite it. But nope, nope. Got to get this project done. Use someone else's library. And, and that's it too. I think we started by saying um, it's tough to learn languages, but at the same time, what we're really talking about is all the libraries, all those libraries we got to learn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So when you got into the PHP side of it, so then PHP was really more of a web technology. So then it, mm-hmm. does the PHP combining the JavaScript together like, how's I, that I, I better give an architecture here yeah you got <laughs> architectural diagram all right okay so <laughs> we have some dirt <laughs> and in the dirt is a plant a plant we want to keep alive also yes. in the dirt is a little uh humidity sensor uh yeah. ergometer i don't know what the technical term is but it's measuring the wetness of the soil that is being fed to a raspberry pi the Raspberry Pi is also connected to a water valve that can turn, let's just call it a sprinkler system, on and off. And so that's all just sitting on a Raspberry Pi. It's collecting sensor data. It's making intelligent, de- <laughs> intelligent in air quotes, decisions about when to turn the valve on and off. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay, so that's fine. It's a nice closed-loop system. The problem is I want to monitor the system because I am paranoid and I'm freaked out and I'm scared of bugs and all that stuff. So what I have it doing is periodically uploading uh, data points up to a web server. And that web server is written in PHP. And that web server generates all the graphs for me and gives me a public-facing URL that I can hit to control essentially down, down, down the Raspberry Pi controlling this stuff. House of cards. House of cards. (laughs) Lots of, that's the fun thing when we talk about holiday hacks is that they end up becoming kind of this house of cards and just kind of strung together and we're learning and slapping the stuff together and it works. And as long as it works, that's good. You showed it to me. I was like, whoa, this is cool. And then you're just like, don't touch anything. That was my favorite (laughs) part. Just don't touch anything. So (laughs) the hardware, the hardware on this, I mean, we're talking languages, but just learning the basics of like oh yeah you should use long wires because short wires make everything difficult so you know just a lot of learning in that yeah, too. And, basic yeah, and to, yeah and to me it was more like so when i go into this 
this JSON thing, it's like, okay, cool. So I have this, or sorry, JavaScript thing. I have this JavaScript thing. And then I also, you know, at the same time, have like app.js and I have like imports and I have packages and I have to figure out how to get version numbers of things and package and NPM. So it actually ends up being a little bit more than just, all right, I got to find some JavaScript and then slap it in here. It's like, oh, I hope I don't, I got to go into this package thing and then make sure I get this other thing. And how do I make sure that it brings in the right packages and how do I get it on my local machine? So it became a little bit more interesting as I went down this path of then ABCD. Now what happens when they update the server and how do I update that (laughs) server? You know, I could update it, but I don't know. So yeah, um, that actually really started to bug me because I realized, A, this is probably going to work. So maybe I want to actually continue this and maintain this. And so I started thinking about that, uh, just the deployment. Uh, you're mentioning these packages and these projects can easily become like a folder full of script files mm-hmm. with stupid names, no documentation. And it's just in your head. Oh, yeah, that script goes on this server. That script goes there. The script comes here. And it's just not written down or anything. So in the last day, of working on this thing i've actually been trying to get it up on github and trying to make it a little more organized because i just know that one month is gonna go by and i'm not gonna know how to do anything because it's such fresh knowledge too like we're talking about learning these languages that knowledge when you learn it this quickly and this fast it tends to go away just as quickly oh yeah oh yeah i mean that was I was going even through this old server code. I was learning ASP.NET just a few years ago to do when I was learning how to do ASP.NET, which is still in C sharp. It's just learning a framework for our language. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to now upload, deploy, and then how do I figure out the authentication model? And then I looked on my GitHub and I hadn't, it was on some other machine. I probably had deployed, but never actually committed the changes I made, but that VM is like gone. So I go, I was like, so this was like, all right, new, new backend, no matter what. (laughs) I was like, man, I just wish I had that server code sitting around. Right. And, and I, you know, that's the important part of, of, of having resource repositories and uploading it. I mean, I was on my machine not too long ago and I tweeted about this and don't do this, but there was some weird windows update where I would right click on my C drive and I would say, you know, clean up, you know, whatever, and find temp files. Yep. Uh huh. And it goes, oh, you have 100 gigs of temp data that can be deleted. <laughs> I, I saw go, you tweet about that. That was kind of hilarious. You even had a screenshot. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, well, I would love 100 gigs back. That sounds great. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so I did that. And then I rebooted my computer and then blue screen of death. <laughs> and like, Windows of death. was in your temp folder. <laughs> uh, I believe that's actually what happened is I think that it, something terrible happened. So uh, after now, I was really in a great state because I was feeling really good that day and I was doing a lot of development and I was pushing code every like 10 minutes awesome. and, uh, and, and, and syncing to the server. Uh, and it had to go through a um, restore of Windows and it brought me back to some date and time that I have no idea. And wow. like my Xamarin installation didn't work. Like half my, I was like, I have no idea what, I have no, I don't, what day is today? What day is today? <laughs> Um, and it was scary, but you know, the code was all back was there. All I just synced everything up and it was a happy, beautiful world <laughs> after, uh, two hours of hang- hitting my again- head against the wall. I was like, what is my machine? What's going on with my machine? Uh, it's crazy. So. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen that. But for me, uh, I, I got a rude awakening also. Mine, nothing bad happened. I just realized what terrible things could happen. 
I noticed that I had the Raspberry Pi there, and Raspberry Pis run off of a little SD card that you jam in them. And I noticed, A, all the work I'm doing, I've been just log wa- logging into this device and just editing the code live, because that's how you do a hack properly. <laughs> and <laughs> while, while I'm editing it, I'm also realizing I keep spilling water on this Raspberry Pi. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, <laughs> Just it's hard, you know, when you're working with valves and plumbing and plant waters, water gets spilt, and I'm just realizing like this is not good. I really got to get this code off of here. So I actually took the time. I generated a proper uh, key to put on there and got it tied up to GitHub, and so I finally got the code off of the little guy. That's good. That's that's important. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, it, it's, it's it's small. It it won't hurt. Yeah, It'll shock you, but won't kill you. We, um, what was I doing recently? I did. I had something happen to me like that too. Like I was some water sprinkled on something. I was like, oh, and there goes the circuitry. And I was like, oh no, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you can get lucky with water. Sometimes it's disastrous. Other times you're like, that's ah, water. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, Heather dropped her phone into the sink a while ago, and she shoved it into some rice. Oh, and yeah. For for forty eight hours, it, it came back to life. Good. Um there's some weird things where every once in a while, like the screen will ghost like a full oh, like bubble. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it got into the screen. That's too bad. It must've got into the screen, but yeah. if, if she like moves back and forth enough at times, it'll come back. She said it doesn't bother her yet. <laughs> oh God. Like, it, I think oh, it's always, boy. it's like whenever that happens too, it's like, well, time to upgrade. Whoops. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Come on, kids. You yeah, like, it, it. To me, it's like a, a best case scenario. Like, oh, drop my phone. Got to get a new one. Oh, no. If um, I sneeze on mine, I feel like I need a new one. I'm like, oh, that one's infected. <laughs> that's no good anymore. <laughs> in, in the world of Android, it basically lasts a year and then your battery dies. Like, my, my battery gets oh, out of 25%. Really? That's game over. So, oh, that's I sad. It. I love it. Can't help it yeah we're kind of we've bad. gotten so off track but i don't even care this is a great this is 2017 <laughs> baby this is 2017 this is our celebration episode uh i don't really have much to say about 2017 other than it's been great so far are you gonna make any um new did you make any new year's resolutions of like what you wanted to do in 2017 no i like to do those when everyone else is tired of it you should always make a joke when the joke is already not funny so i'll, I'll wait till then there you go. There you go. Yeah, I think that I think this year it's like I was talking to Chris Hardy um, at, at Xamarin and, and Microsoft now. And we we're talking about just like, yeah, what do we want to do in 2017 for work and what should be our focus? And I'm like, you're more the same. Like, I love talking about Xamarin. I love doing Xamarin show, I love writing crushing code. And, and it's been a reflecting back on 2016. It's like a really cool year for for mobile development, for languages. It felt like it was a really great time to be a developer. I think it always feels like a great time to be a developer. But even this episode, talking about all these other languages, every time I do it, it reopens my eyes to these connections that I've made through the world of development, right? Just connections with you, um, with with Luke, with all these developers that I connect with on a, on a weekly or monthly basis. And it's just cool that there's all these languages you can pick and choose. There's jobs out there. There's libraries being created and they can do crazy things. It just kind of blows my mind to kind of step back, you know? 
Yeah, it's, again, going back to the Stack Overflow, I'll ask a question like, ah, there's no way anyone asked this question. And then there's 20 responses, well thought out answers, like, oh, right, the community is very large, and we're all Mm -hmm. trying to build more and more awesome things. So Yeah. yeah, it is, it's a good time to be in this gig. Yeah. My favorite too, is when you find those responses to like contribute, you know, I'm going to go back to the stack overflow and say, Hey, I also found this, you know, request, you know, API and you can do this. Like I have followed this, but I found this. I, I love seeing stack overflow posts where like they evolve over time. Like when people care about yeah. that post, that it's a frequently asked question. You're like, Oh no, you can do it this new way. And this is the C sharp six and the C sharp seven version. And as things carried on, oh, I can't wait for C sharp seven. Oh, whenever that comes out, tuples, baby tuples, <laughs> couple tuples, 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 I'm excited. tuples, tuples. Yeah. Um, and you can always spot those, uh, stack overflows by, uh, the accepted answer has 20 votes. And then the one right below it has 200. And those exactly. are always the most fun to read. <laughs> those are good. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, I just wish that it would flip the switch. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right, cool. Anything else, uh, Frank, you want to talk about? No, I, I really enjoyed your summary of the new year. I'm kind of inspired now. So good. I think we should stop there. Good. Well, I hope everyone gets inspired. Let us know what your New Year's resolutions are. Let us know how your holiday hacks went. Uh, we're super excited to hear about it. Tweet some photos to us at MergeConflict.fm. Um, you can find us anywhere on podcast players, on iTunes, on Google, wherever you get it. Um, if you use Overcast, recommend us. That'd be awesome. We would love you forever. Um, also, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review. We would also love you forever. Even if you don't, we'll still love you forever. Um, how we roll. That's how we roll. Well, until next time, um, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thank you for listening. 